and we're back in live. I'm Jimmy Krufka. This is Ski Racing This Week, Ski Racing Media's official podcast. Let's do it. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat. Hey guys, I'm still here. Jimmy Krupka made it to his second episode. Uh, not fired. So I think that's good. Um, we just keep getting better. If you're new, welcome to the show. You can listen to the first podcast episode that I did last week to catch up if you want or don't, because this one's going to be better. We just keep improving. If you listened last week, if you're a Tips and Tales enthusiast from the previous era, welcome. Great to have you. Tell your friends about the show. Get them involved. Um, if you like it, tell them. If you don't like it, tell them about it. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe your friends will like it. I don't know. One more note before we get started. Don't forget to send mail. Email me at skiracingthisweek at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at jimmy underscore who underscore. I got a lot of good mail last week, which I'll read at the end of the show, but we need more. More questions, more comments, more grievances. I didn't get any negative feedback, so come on, hit me with it. Well, I've got a great show for you guys today. Steve Perino stops by, the famous NBC analyst, to talk World Cup. River Radimus, the wonder child, <laughs> joins me for a bit to discuss World Juniors. Helmut Verha and Christopher Henriksen return to the studio to give me advice and insight. And we now have a weatherman for the week. So all that and more is coming up. Stay tuned. Without further ado, Steve Perino. Well, Steve, thanks for calling in to Ski Racing this week, and I'm psyched to have you. I told this to Doug last week when he was on the show, but the sound of your voice brings up uh, memories when I was a young kid watching Ted win Globes and, you know, Bodie make his comeback, so it's, it's a bit nostalgic for me, and it's cool to have you on the phone. I appreciate that. Feel it makes me feel a little bit old, but I appreciate that. Well, I, I am. Old, I was. To be fair. I'm still young. I was only young a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm talking about you know <laughs> when Ted won his last Globe, which was what 2014, I think. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Before the injuries set in. Yeah. Well, for those who don't know Steve, he is an NBC Sports analyst. You can uh, catch him when you catch ski racing on TV and uh, sometimes on. Online? Do you do you show up online? I, 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 I kind of show up wherever they put me. It's in my contract okay. that wherever they want to put me is where I show up. And so I've seen you on the back of a motorcycle during the Tour de France too. They put me back there as well. That's that's actually How, one of the best seats in, in sports, I would say. Oh, it's got to be right. Yeah, it, it, it it's. I mean, I've always the way I ended up back there is I said, you know, like the studio thing, not really my gig. I'm kind of an outdoor mm -hmm. cat. And I didn't yeah. see that one coming. I, I couldn't say no uh, at that point because I'd already sold myself as an outdoor cat. But that is like you're in the melee. And so uh, having not grown up cycling, it, that's, it was quite an introduction. And so my wife knew a lot more about I learned everything I knew about cycling my first couple of years from my wife wow that's our trial story. by fire yeah you know it nice well uh right off the bat i've got some hard-hitting journalism coming your way oh man so first question eastern mountains or western mountains are there mountains in the east you want to <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i grew up i grew up on uh, 256 feet of vertical so you know i i shouldn't be throwing stones where was that wilmot mountain wilmot in mountain. what state it's, it's on the board. It's where it got its sexy name. It's on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois. Will. Okay. Will wow. So I guess you're not really, you didn't grow up in the East. You grew up in the Midwest. I, yeah. You know, I was born I in the East and then, but I was in the Midwest until I was nine. Family moved back East and that's when I went to a ski academy at Burke. So when I saw Burke Mountain, I did see a mountain, to be fair. Gotcha. I, I was like, this is, okay. it's amazing. So but you're, you're born and bred from, from the kind of the East, but. Uh, it, what's your pick? It's going to be, it's, it's, I've been westernized, Jimmy. You've been westernized. I mean, I know you're an Easterner, but I, 
yeah. there's an allegiance well, no, now. I'm, I'm, I'm a journalist now. I'm trying to stay unbiased. I'm just gathering the information. Okay, gotcha. You're right on the Continental <laughs> Divide. I hear you. Okay. I am yeah. west of the Continental Divide. That's All where right. my allegiance well, is. Okay. that Because you're in Sun Valley now, right? I'm in Sun Either Valley. There. It's pretty nice. Gotcha. So you are a journalist, just like me now, although I would not really call myself that. I'm still learning. But We're I understand that... Always learning, yeah. I understand that there are... You got to kind of set the storylines for the people. So what are the storylines to follow this World Cup season headed into the end of the end of the race season? Ah, oh, that's, you know, it's right. This this is the post Marcel Hirscher era. So coming into the, right, coming into the season, it's what's going to happen to the sport. I know from the Austrian perspective, it was you know, is anyone going to watch ski racing anymore? And there's been actually a major wow. drop in their viewership because of his absence. Really? There has been. You know, I think it's yeah. averaged about 15 to 20% less. Um, and, but, you know, with that, I'm just a fan of ski racing. And so I was excited to see yeah. what was going to happen. So the storylines would emerge, but it was all in the context of what happens with Hirscher gone. Um, and, Right, the, the heir apparent was going to be, at least in slalom, it was going to be Christofferson, right? And that hasn't yeah. really materialized. And that's really. been awesome. Like, in men's slalom, I mean, you're slalom skier, right? Like, men's yeah, slalom. Yeah, I'm a slalom skier. It's insane. It's, it's ins- The level is just getting upped every race. And there's three guys, that four guys that can win on any day. Yeah. Five, and, maybe. Right. I, mean, I think, I mean, that's, that's ultimately, you know, there's this incredible depth. I mean, right? I mean, it's is it is it only that many you've got Broughton now i mean granted oh, it's yeah. not day in day out but the you, young norwegian star yeah right yeah lucas Broughton, beast yeah 19 years old uh then you've yeah, got the he, swiss he really skiers is. and then, you know like zenhoisen yule um yeah. and i mean i don't know even clement Mayon. noel yeah clement noel is kind yeah. of like he's the standard right i thought he'd run away with it um and I, I actually heard this. This is, this is more rumor than fact. Uh, so I'm crossing the journalistic line here. But okay. I've even heard that Hirscher had said one of the contributing factors to his resolution for retiring was, I'm not sure I can hold that kid off. Made it just a little easier for him. Clement to Noel. Yeah. I mean, we'd, wow. already seen, we'd already seen that. That's incredible. Right? Yeah, we'd, we'd seen it. I mean, he beat him straight up. Gl- yeah. Granted, Hirscher already had the globe towards the end of the season, but... Clement Noel, he won, what, twice last year? He did. And it was yeah, a couple times up. it was straight up, right, exactly. And yeah. so it doesn't have the range of of Hirscher, right, who, you know, if they run the slalom through a mogul field, it's one of those days, right, he's probably going to win. Yeah. But yeah. this year, um, anyway, so that was, I mean, back to your original question, it was yeah. what was going to be the next, who was going to be the next star. And slalom yeah. has become the star. Not necessarily any one individual. I just think that's been the most exciting discipline to watch. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, and in, in giant slalom, right? It's it was it's the same thing. There's four. There's four guys within thirty points of the title right now. And and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back at you. But when I saw the first race and sold in Austria, I was like, finally, I'm gonna be right about Alexi Pantera, who I always thought was going to yeah. contend for the overall. I mean, every year at the beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, he's definitely gonna push Hirscher, and he just couldn't do it. Right, he just couldn't keep a consistent yeah. performance through the year. But when I watched him ski in the opening GS, he made it look easy, and I'm like, "Oh, GS title's his! Like this one's it's locked." And yeah, not the case. Uh, not the case. So it's been, been exciting all year. Right. I mean, who else? Yeah. Has led in the GS standings. Zan Kronjec. And our very own. Tommy Ford. Tommy Ford. Exactly. Shout out T Ford. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's been exciting. Yeah. Well, let's not spoil everything. Cause I, I want to review, um, the races over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So the women's super G, uh, the, the women's, the women were in La Tuile. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. La Tuile. I, I used to say La, La Tuile, but so I got a pretty good beating. It's La Tuile. Okay. La Tuile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pronunciations are, ha- are half the game. Exactly. Especially in podcasting, man. So the women's super G uh, was in La Tuile. The, the Alpine combine got canceled because of too much snow, but the super G uh, got off. 
and uh, it was Nina Ortlieb, who has been on the podium in past races. In first, uh, Brunone was 100th back, and Kareen Suter was in third. And I think the story this year with the women is Brunone, because she's leading the overall now. And, I mean, she's just turned it on this year. She's crushing, and she's skiing with this intensity that's awesome. That's awesome to watch. So what do you think has been the switch this year for her? Um, so, you know, you know, my, my Brignone leak is I know her mom really well. And so her mom, yeah, Nina Quario, who's won a few world cups herself. Um, and, uh, she actually travels the circuit. And so she knows everything about everything. So I'll always call her up, but here's Uh what she told me about, cause it's pretty unusual. I think, I think she is 30, right? So it's unusual. And feel free to weigh in or disagree. But when you have someone that is pretty, you know, she's obviously she's GS centric with her skiing and clearly a very good late blooming super G skier. But she's been good in slalom and she's been good in in downhill. Right. And those those things were always her nemesis. But you don't get better at slalom when you're 30. Right. I know. That's. No, that doesn't happen. You're you're hundred percent right on that. It's uh I can name one example, which is uh what uh what's the Russian skier's name who won Schladming? Hiroshilov. Uh Hiroshilov. He got good at slalom when he was thirty. I think he was a speed skier to begin with. Oh, that's but that is that's, true. That's the one person I can think of. But he didn't do it in concert with maintaining anything else. Right? No, that's right. He only trains slalom. Yeah. Brionne yeah. has been doing everything. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. So she's the only one on the circuit. Apart, no, she and Holdner, I believe, are the only ones on the circuit the last couple of years that have raced slightly more than Schifrin. I want to say it's like 27 starts, Schifrin 26. And, you know, gotcha. it's, 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 it's tough to have this conversation, of course, without, you know, the nod to Michaela and all that she's going through. And, yeah. And, and Brionne has been very deferential to the fact that. You know, that's really what I want in this contest yeah. going to the end is I really Yeah, she did really say want she back. wanted yeah. Michaela back. She wants, you know, fair contests. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and in and, 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 and just in general, wanted her back, right? But yeah. if we look at independent of anything that Michaela's done, I want to say that Brignone's on track to hit, you know, ooh, we don't know if we're going to have all the races right at the end of the season because of... That's of another thing we got to get into. Yeah, that's... Okay, some, yeah. Well, let's, we'll, we'll, all right, we won't jump into that yet. But, yeah. you know, she's kind of 1,700-point bound, I would say. Mm-hmm. That is a number that is, if you go back and look at the history of ever since the World Cup points have been 100 for a victory, and the, and the calendar is similarly robust with, you know, 35 yeah. races, that number is about as high as it gets. Uh, you know, yeah. there, there, there are women that were winning the overall title with 1,300, right? And so here she yeah. is at a really high level. But what her mom told me was that this is the first year where she's had the complete off-season healthy. And this is interesting, and I guess I've known really? this for a while, that the, the Italian staff has never regarded her as a speed skier. They would not let her huh. train Super G. So she wasn't invited to all the you know reindeer games. You know, she didn't get to go to Argentina uh, or La Parva or wherever, early in her career, she was a very good speed skier. If you look at her at the world junior level, like not the best, but, you know, competitive. And then they just laid off that. And then she just was late to it, but always had that talent, if you ask her mom. Um, yeah. And then so she was just late to get to race. Uh, and so that explains sort of this emergence in Super G. And, you know, this year has been a very technical downhill season. Yeah, I mean, and look what look at the schedule. Bonsko, yeah, that's what Bonsko was was legit. Yeah, that was some. Right? That was basically a big fast GS. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line is that she has sort of she's been training. She's got the training. She's yeah. got the training. Um, it's it's been latent talent that everyone else, you know, like in her camp, knew about. We're just finding out mm-hmm. about, and then the slalom is you know, equipment tweaks. She just, I mean, equipment tweaks, and I think she just sends it. I mean, she. She puts her whole 
body over her skis and just points them down the hill. <laughs> she does, right? I don't think <laughs> so she can see her skis, like where her face no. is. <laughs> no, she's way, I mean, she, yeah, she's got her nose down the hill. Yeah. So um, the other story from the Super G was the, the American women uh, didn't really sh- show up the way they they have been. I mean, they've been consistent in the top 30, top 15, Breezy in the top five, uh, Alice in the top 10. What did you see from the American girls? You, you know, I think uh, you probably know Alice Merriweather better than I do. I do. She yeah, is, I, I uh, started my freshman year at school with her. Right. It, it's like, you know, when I watch her, she is she's one of the better technical speed skiers the U.S. women have had in a while. And yeah, I just she's think good. she's she is a, strikes me and jump in here as a very step-by-step-by-step kind of person. So she's not going to bite off more than she can chew. And I just see her being very process-oriented. And at some point, you know, she's going to point them down the hill a little bit more. But for me, it's yeah. it's not a matter of talent or skill or know-how. It's just that it's, you know, send it. You just got to point yeah. them down the hill a little bit more, and it'll all change. Uh, and yeah, I do think I, the potential's there, but she did not send it on that day at all. No, and I think I think that was probably just the theme of the American girls. They just didn't quite send it. Yeah. Which I'm sitting here behind a mic, not skiing speed, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm the not, worst violator. You no, know, not this. judging him. You know, like yeah, no, I mean it's you know I, I have to sit there and say, and I I'm just I'm a huge fan of her. The few times I've met her, I just like she's just awesome, and, and so yeah. I'm, we're just talking about the skiing in that moment and. You know, I, I think I talked to Chip White, our coach. It's like, you know, the, the training sometimes they pull off is amazing. Same with Alice McKennis. And I, yeah. I, I, I connect with her periodically. And I know mm-hmm. Alice is Alice McKennis now, super frustrated with, you know, she just, she got herself in a rut because she started out the season incredibly, you know, based on. Yeah, she did. And she was coming back from an injury. I mean, you know, horrific injuries, right? Horrific. Her history yeah. is. You know, she is so tough. I mean, everyone in skiing has injuries, right? But yeah. hers are special. Hers yeah. are really debilitating injuries. Same with Jackie Wiles, who clearly is not yeah. back physically. But for Alice, yeah. you know, just I think she's been training incredibly fast. And then, you know, it's a very hard hill. Lights in and yeah. out. You know what it's like. If you're, if you're slightly hesitant, those yeah, conditions. Light changes everything. And I remember a day of training I had where, we had full light on the hill. It was a fast GS. We did some timed runs, and then the whole thing got shaded in the afternoon. We did more timed runs, and we couldn't get within a second or two of our original lit you know, time. Yeah. So it makes a huge difference, and if you're not sending it in the dark, you're losing a lot of time. Yeah. I think I would, I would sum up the American girls. I mean, aside from Alice, they've all had injuries. I mean, Alice had injuries too, but their resilience has been incredible. That's the word I would, I would tag the women's speed team with. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they, they've yeah. had their moments and they've showed some depth. And I think as far as the most impressive return to action, Breezy Johnson like showing up mid season. Yeah. And then in mm-hmm. Bonsco, which, you know, Breezy Johnson would be the first one to tell you, you know, I'm not a good GS skier. I'm not a good technical skier, but she is that when it gets dark and chippy, she's, brutal like she yeah yeah oh, yeah and for her oh, yeah. to perform the way she did in bonsko i when mm. i saw that i'm like she will win that a world incredible. cup one day she will yeah, win she a world will. cup one day downhill i mean you should see her you should see her in the gym she the uh focus and the just grit she puts into every single rep of every workout is incredible she's she's got a lot of drive uh, yeah i see it yeah so moving on to the to the men's weekend in Hinterstoder in Austria, uh, I'll do a quick recap. In the Super G, Vincent Kriegmeier went bib one, stayed in first. Mauro Kavietzel or Kavietzel, I don't know. How do you say his name? You nailed it. Kavietzel, nice. Uh, Matthias Meyer third. Uh, Pintero a close fourth. In the Alpine combined, it was Pintero. Uh, at his classic event, uh, doing his best, one by a second. Mauro Cavietzel second, and uh, Kilday third with some impressive slalom skiing. In the GS on Monday, 
Pintero took it uh, again by quite a bit. And Zubchich was second with an awesome second run. Henrik Kristofferson third. So um, I have a question. Did you commentate back in 06 and 07? Yeah. You did. I don't know if I call. I mean, like. Did you call the Hinterstoder Super G that Bodie won in 06? I don't think I did, actually. I don't hmm. think I did. Uh, because. Yes. I was uh, staying at the. We were all staying at the US ski team apartment in Patch, Austria, earlier mm-hmm. this year. And I was digging through the storage closet and I found this uh, 200 gigabyte. Max Tor hard drive and it was as big as a loaf of bread like four pounds from back then and <laughs> I had to get the right cords for it because they no longer existed but I found them on Amazon and I found video of Bodie winning in 06 at that Super G and it, it's pure gold <laughs> it's, so was it like a black box <laughs> was this yeah, the it's a big no it's a big silver like metal silver box <laughs> yeah it's it's awesome and so if anybody's listening to this that wants video from uh men's video from the 06 07 uh world cup season um i'm not sure if i should just give it out i uh, i talked to john mcbride and, and you know he said he loved some of that so um i yeah maybe that is... <laughs> I, not, I don't really know if i have a right to it but <laughs> I figured that no one else was going to use it because they they didn't even have the right cords for it. Right. But but there's no audio, which is why I asked. So I didn't have any of the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The storylines this weekend, obviously, Alexi Pantero, he had a uh, 250-point weekend, I believe, which is incredible. And it It put him at the top of the overall standings. And what, what do you think the switch was for him? I know, it's been it's interesting, right? He's always just like there's always cracks in his season. Um, yeah, and, and so because I'm such a uh, I'm such a fan of his athleticism and his skiing when it's at his best, and you don't understand when it comes apart. And and he's he ski he's still at age 28 makes these errors that Hirscher doesn't make. Right, I mean, here's yeah. never skied out after. I mean, it was a period of time we straddled one year a bunch of times, but then after yeah, that, well, like, I, you know what? I'm actually gonna. I think my view on it is slightly different. Where Hersher actually did make mistakes, but hit. I think he just had, like, there was that one race in Madonna where he basically J turned back into the course, but he still won. I think he just had such raw speed, mm. um, and I think Pintero is more of an average speed. He is just consistent down and he does make mistakes but i also don't think he had the raw speed no I, I, I agree with that when i say pentaro mistakes i mean he's gone out like he, you know oh, dnf yeah. and pentaro i do think had comparable ground speed in gs in gs mm-hmm. but no for sure not in slalom um yeah but i think you know the difference i would say this year with pentaro is that his super g has more range. You know, he wouldn't go to a speed venue. You know, he always skips Valgardena, yeah. right? Doesn't match his style. But, you know, Hinterstoder is, it's not just a GS skiers super G, right? He's, no, no, it's not. There's a whole flat section at the bottom. Yeah. And so and he was actually he's better this year. That. He's better yeah. this year. And I, you know, I he think is. to be fair, right? He has struggled with the equipment to be good in all disciplines. And I think that's mm-hmm. been ironed out. And my understanding. Well, too he is, used the Rozzy boots. He, uh, right. I don't know what you want to go into that whole scandal, but well, you've already gone. There. Um, but I mean, heads, you know, heads made their boots better. Yeah. Yes, and you know the Gieski from going from the thirty-five back to the thirty. You know they were yeah. leading and then they were chasing a little bit. And yeah. um, on it, well, from what I understand, you might have some more intel here, but you know Tommy Ford has kind of led the charge there, and I believe Pentero uses a ski that. Tommy, it's sort of the brainchild of Tommy. Tommy is really cool to watch when he's testing skis. Mm. I was with him in New Zealand, and because he's such a level-headed guy, um, and he's a consistent, you know, he's a good, solid, consistent skier. He would come down, and he'd he'd talk to his tech. He'd write down a couple notes in his notebook. It was all very scientific and level-headed, and I can see why he's good at developing skis. He 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 told me his method once, and I guess you've seen it. Right, it, 
it's it's double blind. So the coach takes their notes, then there's the time, and then there's his mm-hmm. notes. So they compare notes so that you know they don't objectively look at the time and say this was fast or that you know because there could be mistakes yeah. and whatnot. So and they sometimes can, skis can feel good, but they're not actually fast. Right, and so they put all that data together, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He tries not to know what he's skiing on, um, and so everything's double blind. The coaches aren't supposed to know what he's skiing on either. And then they take that data, uh, right? I mean, it's super sophisticated. Yeah. And in the the other thing that's kind of slipped by without us really noticing is Mauro Kavietzel because he's now leading the Super G standings and he hasn't won a race this season, but he's been consistently, I think he's been top five every single race. Have, have you... I got to be honest, like I haven't really been watching him. What what have you seen from him? You know, he's a, he's a guy, when I talk to his coach, Thomas Stauffer, they've always talked about how good he is, right? But he is this generic name that we kind of, you know, yeah. we, we gloss over him, right? Because he doesn't have this all-star name and he's a late bloomer. But when you watch him ski, I'm always expecting him to win. I mean, he is always, yeah. he's not a consistent skier. He's a guy that makes a mistake and doesn't win. That, that's my view of him. Oh, okay. Because I've been viewing him as a consistent skier, but I, I mean, relatively that's a good yes. argument for it. Yeah, I, I mean, he's yeah. super fast, and and only like in Vangen, he just like oh, mistake short of of winning. He just he has been in a position where he could win. He is an yeah. unbelievable skier, and he's you know, in in Super G and in downhill, right? So he's uh, yeah, yeah. And I I think track. he's just getting better. Yeah. Do you so who do you think is the better super G skier right now? Kavietzel or Kilde? Uh I I mean Kavietzel is a better I mean that's it's that's tough, right? They're obviously yeah. pretty well matched. Um yeah. I'm gonna go with Kilde on the raw I think he just has the raw speed. And I'm gonna go with him as the better super G skier. Okay. Um but I don't know what what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's He's so exciting to watch, and he's yeah. a little bit like, I mean, it's different than Hirscher, but, boy, he can get himself in some funky positions, and and he's so strong. I mean, he oh, is... Oh, he's so strong. It's it, incredible. It's ridiculous. And so yeah. he he finds himself in these... He gets out of trouble as well as anyone, but he he, he gets into it, too. He does uh, get into it. Yeah. I think Kavietzel's a cleaner skier, um, mm-hmm. and I think Kilda is just intense. Um Evenly matched, you know, they, they kind of get to the bottom differently, but I, it's hard for me to parse those two, honestly. Mm. I think they are evenly well, matched. We'll have to see at the end of the season who gets the globe. Kavietzel's got a, a slight lead on Kilday right now because Kilday DNF'd uh, in right. the Super G, that was, which was that big. Was tough. He had a, yeah, that was tough because he had a four tenths lead at the first split. I mean, he was, with, without that, he was, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right. Is, is a big ski racing favorite. Yeah. Past time, but 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 Hinterstoder, right? It was it was spring snow. It was gnarly, mm. and he's was, good. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of a Norwegian thing too. I really see uh, yeah, that that's as a what theme. I've heard. You know, they just used you're used to skiing in the rain on the glaciers when and on that spring snow. That like that's mm-hmm. they get a fair amount of volume in their youth doing that, and so you see that consistently. They perform in those conditions, and you know it's 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 sloppy and athletic more so than yeah. it's precise. And so if they go up to Kvitfjell, where it's unlikely to be like that, then I think Kavietzel has a better chance, I would say. Mm-hmm. Even though Kilday's um, in his home country. Well, that does that does neutralize it, doesn't it, Jimmy? Kind of put me in a yeah. tough spot. <laughs> well, it's fun to be in tough spots with this stuff. Um, so speaking of spring skiing, the two things that, that, that I, I took away from the GS, which was similar, you know, uh, warm temps, tough snow. Um, obviously, Pintero is awesome in that stuff. I was surprised because Lucas Broughton has been uh, so fast all year, and he's Norwegian, so I was assuming he was going to be fast, but he was not that great, and then ended up tangled in a panel two gates from the finish. Yeah, I, I'm trying. To, I remember him blowing out. Um, I'm yeah. having. I but do I you couldn't... remember him being tangled in the panel? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> Where he, he, ready. he got, they had to he come made and, no like, effort. extract him. Yeah. Yeah, he had two guys, two Austrian course workers attempting to extract him, and he just laid there, tangled in the panel, 
uh, just kind of uh, chilling. <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> they were like, well, like, what are your bindings set on, dude? Because we cannot leave you. <laughs> they couldn't um, get him out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I'm, yes. sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. 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 But Zubchich, too, in that snow, he was uh, – he had a slow pitch. Uh, he lost all his time first round on the pitch. But he, he won the second half of the course. And second round, I think he won the run. He at least beat her, uh, Pintero. But yeah. he has some serious speed. He is ridiculous. You know, yeah. that that is a – maybe you can ex- – <laughs> that is an exhausting – what was it? Oh, one, the first run yeah. was 125. Second run was faster, right? So it was yeah. 116. But, you know, you could just tell those guys were smoked. And, Except and, for Zubchich. <laughs> wasn't even breathing. And the no. way he skis is, you know, he's he's extending. It's, it's all out. out. Yeah. It's uh, there's nothing, there's there's nothing conservative. You know, he's not he's no. not trying to save himself for the last four turns. I mean, yeah. he is on eleven the whole time, and fresh yeah. as a daisy in the finish. Like that's insane. It's incredible. Pintero. Pintero barely reached for the line. He was so tired. Zubchic is pushing as hard as he can through the last four gates and like lunges for the line. And then he gets the finish. He's not breathing and he's going for the celebration already. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, the celebration I, took more energy than I would have had the whole day. Yeah. Really exciting to watch. I mean, and it's been amazing. Yeah, he's been amazing. He's, he's here to stay, I think. Yeah. Um, so our the last thing I wanted to talk about we we got to wrap this up soon but the Alpine combined was fun to watch. Um, I want to shout out George Steffi for jumping into thirtieth in the Super G run on his second World Cup start ever, which talk was it was beasts. really impressive. I've run. only met oh, him once. Yeah, he's <laughs> a beast. But I was like, yeah. it's like where's that shadow oh, yeah. coming from? Like, yeah, oh, he's he's Steffi. a full on linebacker. Yeah, and he's got the full the Fu Manchu and the mullet going right now. So mm-hmm. uh, he's scary. He's got a kind heart, but he's scary to look at sometimes when he's coming down the course. That's for sure. Um, but it, it was a bummer because they don't run flip 30 anymore in AC. They right. just run the same order you finish in the Super G. So instead of running first, he ran 30th. Right. Um, yeah. We our, our American boys had some solid skiing in there. Um the i loved watching i that's the thing i love about alpine combined i don't know how long it's around to stay do you have any uh insight it was supposed, into that? To, it was supposed to go away and then it, it kind of came back and they like, kept it la, i'm like glad Lazarus. they keep it yeah because the speed watching speed skiers ski slalom is so much fun i mean bryce bennett rips um Kilday and Jansrud beat henrik even though they ran way before him in the order Kilday was, was third in that run incredible yeah and Kavietzel, uh, you know, it's... It, Kavietzel, yeah. Right? But it, it, it's... I don't know. I it, Honestly, uh, I, I know where you're going with that because I have to commentate on it. And it's sort of like there's a there's a comical nature to it, right? I mean, that's... It, it kind of, in a way, yes. You, you, you want to see them do something that they don't normally do. Yeah, and exactly. And so there's a exactly. spectacle yeah. to it. There is. And, wow, this will be fun... You know, think about someone who doesn't connect with ski racing and they're watching it, say, at the Olympics. And the commentator's like, well, this will be interesting because he's only trained it two days. You know, we're, we're yeah. used to saying that, right? Yeah. And you're, you, in, you know it that. It makes it interesting, yeah. But, but the yeah. person's like, really? They went to the Olympics and they trained that half of the discipline twice? Yeah. And so that, to me, is where combined is falling flat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. I did want to mention to people who watched the GS and were wondering, Brian McLaughlin was out because he fell in a parallel slalom event in New Jersey. Um, big prize money, which which was why we were all racing. Um, mm-hmm. But he broke his his collarbone, I believe, and strained his knee. So he, I think he's out for the for the remainder. He's not going to oh, he's man. not going to Kronska. I missed um, that. That's a bummer. And Nick Krause has been all, out all season uh, with a uh, knee injury, so and he had, he had a World Cup start from the from the Norams. Mm-hmm. So the Americans head to Kvetfield next. I think I'm going to have Darren Rawls on the show to talk about that when it happens, which should be fun. Is there anything I should I should uh, ask him about or bug him about? 
D money. It's funny because like that was the beginning. He's one of your own, right? He's GMVS boy. And um He is. And uh he he had his best res- his early successes there in Kvitfiel. There's content there. So dig, dig. Okay. So it was I'll even before it. he won. It was even before he won. It was just when he, he it sort of arrived. He started to yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll ask him about that. Uh, and do you know why the women's uh, there were races in Germany that were supposed to happen this coming weekend. No snow. You know no why? snow. And no, no snow. snow. It's because, you know. Yeah. It's, that sounds it's like Germany. the story of Germany. Yeah. In a little bit. I mean, yeah. There's is. a lot it's of ski resorts. Yeah. There's a lot of ski resorts, small little, uh, you know, family run ski resorts in Germany that just don't open anymore because there's no snow. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, honestly how good the Germans have been, like the German men. And they really, yeah. they don't have many big ski programs. They are very small yeah. ski country when it comes to numbers. Wow. Um, let's see. Um, what, what, oh, my last question is a fun one. Uh, there's always the LeBron-Michael uh, Jordan debate. Mm-hmm. Stenmark or Hersher? Who's the GOAT? Ooh. Stenmark, because Hersher said so. Oh, really? You see how I bailed out on that one? Wow, that was a very diplomatic answer. Mm. Wow. No de- no debate. Stenmark it is. 86 wins, and Hersher's only got, what, 60? 60, no, it's 67 or 8, I think. 67 or 8, yeah. yeah. Was, <laughs> I mean, clearly, he could have gone on to win a few more. One oh, I'm thing. sure he could have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks for being on Ski Racing this week. It's a joy to talk ski racing with you, and hopefully you will be back soon. Maybe you give the podcast a shout-out during the next races you call. I don't know. That's up to you. Um, but thanks, thanks for being on the show. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip it in there. Tips and tails, listen in. No, no, no. It's not tips and tails anymore. It's ski racing this week. Oh, man. How did yeah. I, I just butchered that. Yeah, ski it's okay. racing it? this week. This right. week. Because I can slide that in pop- there, and it's going to sound natural. You know, it's, yeah, Ski Racing Media's official podcast. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Deal. Cool. My pleasure. Thanks, Jimmy. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Steve. I had a lot of fun talking to him. He knows his stuff about ski racing, and he loves to talk about it. We, I mean, we could have gone forever. But now I would like to welcome our newest addition to the staff on loan from... Uh, St. Johnsbury, Vermont. This is our uh, meteorologist to tell you what the week ahead is like. From the Fairbanks Museum in St. Johnsbury, this is your eye on the sky forecast. In the Rocky Mountains, mild temperatures, less sun than normal, and a chance for snow or possibly even rain on Sunday, and again in the middle of the next week. In the eastern mountains, freezing at night but mild during the day with some snow expected Friday and some moisture all week starting on Monday. I'm Edward Hale with an eye on the sky. Thank you, Edward, for that forecast. I'm sure it'll come in handy for a lot of skiers this week. Now, before we get on to River, I want to talk to you guys a bit about Sync Performance, who's a sponsor of the show is an apparel brand for skiers and ski racers for the hardest working, highest performing, most technically proficient skiers on the planet. They source high quality materials globally and work closely with ski racers to develop their products. And their apparel pushes the boundaries of performance because it is created by the athletes for the athletes. Um, You don't even have to be a ski racer to wear it. It's uh, really high quality stuff. I actually have a, actually have a jacket. So use the code SRPODCAST20. Take 20% off your next purchase at SyncPerformance.com. Now up, we've got River Radimus. I had a great phone call with him. He's a good friend of mine and teammate for a couple years. And he, I talked to him before he raced in Hinterstoder. So without further ado. Out of Edwards, Colorado, weighing in at 109 pounds, River Adamus. 
Hey, Riv. Truly, so, truly an honor to be on. Well, I, uh, thank you. Uh, this is only my second episode, so I'm still learning the ropes. <laughs> um, basically, where are you right now? Uh, right now, I'm in Hinterstoder. Oh, nice. What? Yeah. How's the How's the hill look? I haven't been to Hinterstoder. pretty good it's i mean for super g i think it's it's up my wheelhouse it's a technical super g it's got a little bit of a flat section up top but then it's got a pretty extended pitch and a side hill and, and they typically set gse here so uh overall i think it's, it's going to be good for our, our tech inclined super g skiers that we got running this thing and and it's going to be a fun one for sure oh let's go <laughs> This is your you're right in the wheelhouse here, baby. Uh, Absolutely. So who started? Power zone, if you will. The power zone. You're gonna hit the power band. <laughs> you're a dirt biker, right? Yes, sir. Little side note for the crowd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are we calling this new one? What's what's the what's the name here? Ski racing this week. Ski racing this week. With Jimmy Krupka. Your new host. You're new and improved. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> to be to be determined. Well, I'll keep improving. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I okay, get worse at sure. is GS. <laughs> um, that's not true. Well, Jimmy Krupka on on the most underrated GS here's list in the in the U.S. So yeah, still still looking out for that man. Put me on the list. Um, what's the status of the coronavirus? Is it near you where you guys are? Um, you know, I haven't I haven't seen anybody per se that has it, as far as I know. <laughs> you haven't seen anybody <laughs> coughing up a lung right next no. to you. That's good. Okay, that's good. No, but you're not, not wearing you're not wearing masks or do, doing any precautions. Uh, no, not yet. I mean, we we uh, we were in Japan most recently. And I think it's it's gotten a little bit more serious since we left there. And when we arrived, actually, uh, Luke and Ben Ritchie and the slalom team were heading off to Fulgaria to go train in Italy. But uh, they were uh, were not allowed to go do that, so they've they've rerouted their plans. Oh, okay. Obviously, because that's super, where super minor inconveniences for them. But uh, yeah, they're they're staying safe in in Austria right now. I think. Yeah, because it was right in like the Fulgaria, out, uh, you know, northern Italy area. Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah the 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 Venetian area. I think is is getting hit by it pretty hard. I don't, I don't know if you saw the news, but uh, apparently the finals, if if you know, pending pending that oh. they happen, are going to be uh, in spectator free in Cortina. <laughs> yeah, that'll be wild. Yeah, it's gonna be wow. it's gonna be something different for sure. We'll see how that goes. God, ah, that's that's so crazy. Imagine no spectators. It would. Yeah, huh? I mean, it'd just be like a. It'd be like uh, Lake Louise. Lake Louise workout. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Leave that one <laughs> um. So the other thing I wanted to do. Well, first, um. The, the podcast officially endorses uh, you and gives you good luck for the race. So um, do, what we, do what you will with that. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's a, a tremendous honor, of course. Yeah. And am I, am I the first, uh, first athlete to be endorsed by the pod? Or, yeah. It's a, this or is where a, are we at on that? It's an inaugural thing. Okay. Yeah. That's, that, now that... That has some weight. That has some heft. Yeah, I we think, have. Uh, so, do I need to send you my address for the plaque, or, or how, how would we do this? Is it like a, something <laughs> I can put in my Instagram bio, or put it in your Instagram? Do an Instagram post about it. Like, okay. humbled and honored to be the first um, <laughs> athlete ever uh, endorsed by the the Ski Racing This Week podcast. Absolutely. Now yeah. that's now that's the kind of groundswell I've been waiting to get behind me to, to really get me over the hump here in some of these races. So I appreciate you for that. Nice. Um, so I wanted to talk about. I wanted to reminisce on World Juniors last year, 
um, because World Juniors this year kicks off um, in like a week or so. Um, and my memory that just is so clear is when I showed up the night before the downhill and our team meeting, you brought us uh, over the TV and was like, guys, I got to show you something. And it was the miracle speech. Um, and the energy in that room was tangible. It was just, it was just everybody there was ready to win and wreck some dreams. Um, and that was, you know, you kind of started that energy. I remember watching you in the start of the downhill and you were frothing at the mouth. Um, and what are, what are your memories of world juniors and kind of that, that team that year, the best junior team in the world, men's junior team in the world that year? Okay. You know, so first of all, I, uh, I can't take credit for the, for the miracle speech. That's a, that's a tradition that was handed down to me. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, that was, that was handed down to me from, uh, Eric Arvidsson and Drew Duffy and, and that generation. Shout out my boys. I believe they were the ones that pioneered that, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that that's, that is the, the key of world juniors is recognizing that we're, it's, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's about more than yourself, you know? So, so that's, that's the, the understanding that we had going into the event, you know, us, us as a full team, yeah. you know, through the summer and, and through the season, that was, that was our big goal on top of the, the list, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think we, we owed it to ourselves with all the, the work we put in, in the, the, the months leading up to, yeah. to throw down like that. So yeah. it was, you know, it was, it was not like, you know, the, the miracle speeches is, you know, you know, it set the uh, tone, but it wasn't the reason we did well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I forget exactly what the wording is in the middle of that speech. It's uh, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, they might beat us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I didn't really feel that way about our team going in, and I, th- I thought we weren't necessarily the favorites. But I gave us a fair shot against any other team out there. Yeah, we weren't know? the underdogs. And yeah. We're not there to just uh, to just participate. We're there to, to take home some hardware and, and wreck some dreams. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the mentality and that's, that's what we went out and tried to do, I think. We did it. It was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of 98s on that team and they've all graduated. So left over from that team um, is just Jacob Dilling, Ben Ritchie, and Bridger Guile, I believe. Um, yeah. And they have to kind of build up that you know, lead the team in the same, in the same, uh, way, I guess, going into Norway. Um, so maybe they'll throw the miracle speech in there. Uh, but we will talk. I'd be, I'd be disappointed if they didn't, frankly, <laughs> I think that they need to carry on that torch. Uh, you know, obviously I think we've got, we've got Ben Ritchie in there who, who podiumed last year in, in the slalom. Yep. And you know AJ Hurt and uh, Katie Hensian, who are part of that parallel team. Yeah. Uh, you know we've got, we've got a strong team though. You know we've got uh, yeah. Keely Cashman. Keely Cashman. And, yep. Crushing it this year. Uh, you know a lot of lot of uh, you know from from your and I hometown of, of Vail, Colorado. We've got you know Nicole Roundtree Williams. We got Jacob Dilling. We yep. got uh, Matthew Macaluso. <laughs> the and, wild man. He's gonna send it. That's for <laughs> absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm very happy with, with the team we're sending. I think we got, we got a lot of guys that can uh, throw down now and a lot of guys that can get experience and, yeah. and you know, are going to be contending for, for years to come in there. Yeah, keep your eye on Jacob Dilling because he hasn't had the results he wanted this year, but he's sneaky fast. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you and I can attest. He's, he's right in there in training with, uh, with the best of our American Slalom guys. Yeah. Yeah, he consistently beats me in slalom. Uh, <laughs> except for his first split. He's got to work on his first split. He always has to work on it. So if he so gets let's, that let's down. Let's pray it's a, it's a steep start there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And Bridger Giles <laughs> also winning the overall at the Norams this year, along with Keely Cashman. Obviously, so yeah. um, we've got a front. 
We've got a front coming in. Um, Absolutely. Bridger, Bridger Guild has really come into his own this season. Uh, you know, and, and also in, in the most understated way possible. You know, he's, he's keeping a really level head. And, yeah. And uh, he's on a hot streak right now, and he, and he knows it. So you got to watch out for him at World Juniors as well. Ooh, I love the sound of that. Sweet. <laughs> um, well... I wanted to talk about something more serious. You mentioned, you know, like what you set. Like you, as a young kid, you won the three medals at Youth Olympic Games and then you won the NORAM title, what, three years ago now? The overall? And, I believe so, yeah. yeah. And um, I just God, think... God, I'm getting old. This, this podcast is officially... Uh, I mentioned it last time, but now, now I'm going to make it official. It's officially an anti-expectations podcast. I hate expectations in ski racing, but it seems like when you're good young, people just have expectations on you, and I hate it because, you know, this this stuff is hard. Sure, absolutely, it is. And like, um, how do you manage you know, expectations on yourself, and like that you put on yourself, and that other people put on yourself? Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think. Obviously, it, it started at, at uh, you know, Youth Olympics, I think, was, was my first, you know, big-time success. Before that, you know, at every big event, I think I crashed, basically. Through the last three years of, of World Juniors, I think I've, I've established myself a little bit more as, as a, you know, a good young guy. Um, and and the way that, that I look at it is, like, there's been... I, I've said this before, but there's been people who've had far greater world junior success than I that have never gone on to, to really make a name for themselves in World Cup, and there's been people with far worse, you know, uh, world juniors and, and yeah. junior success than myself that have gone on to have legendary careers, you know? So it's like yeah. world junior success is awesome it's it's what you should be going for at this age and and it's a, a huge stepping stone to be an elite ski racer you know on the world stage but it's not, it's not anywhere close all, to the all. uh the final step you know yeah. a lot can happen between them and there and like the only way that you get from where you are wherever you are at world juniors to where you're going at, at you know at olympic events at world cups at, at any of that is just outworking the competition because yeah. everybody there is fast everybody there is driven everybody there is you uh, a really good ski racer yeah. but uh you know it's it's ultimately about who wants it the most and who works the hardest for it you know yeah well i can say i i remember at world juniors you were just there was one super g run where you didn't talk to anybody for like three hours beforehand and you were just gritting your teeth the entire time it was awesome <laughs> yeah that was that was that was the day i was sick i was in a fugue state i don't i don't i think i was that was a, a true out of body experience i'm not going to compare it to the michael jordan flu game because michael jordan's the greatest <laughs> basketball player of all time but uh i just compared it so. i was i was leaning on i was leaning on pip in there uh <laughs> you you know in the base lodge yeah you know, I, I got out of the bench corral and I, I was just had to put the, you know, the ice bag on the neck and, uh, you know, after I put up a cool 45, you know, so. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got off the rails, Riv. I think I'm going to end it there. But, uh, hey, thanks for calling into my podcast and uh-huh. rip it up at Hinterstoder. Tell the rest of the U.S. boys to do the same. And uh, I will see you, gosh, probably U.S. Nationals, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'll be. I'll be there. Hey, by the way, before before we go, yeah. uh, Do you know when the last World Cup race at Narvik was? No, I don't. Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. They had two downhills that year and a GS. Um, World Cups and, at uh, the at Narvik, the place they're going to have the World Juniors. At Narvik, and and I, I heard Narvik? that uh, when they used to have World Cups there, because they had it there several several years, they uh, they used to bring in ships. I don't know if they're doing that this year, but they used to bring in cruise ships to the base of the mountain for uh, all the athletes to stay at. Whoa, because it's yeah. on the fjord. 
it's on the fjord. I, I, cool. I looked up a map of Nor- of Narvik, and it looks like a like a tie dye shirt. Honestly, like it's just like stripes of water and grass everywhere. It's it's a mayhem up there. Jeez. That'd be cool. But do you know do you know who won in Narvik in 1996? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Peekaboo Street. USA. Yeah. So, uh, you know, who, who knows? We, maybe we, ha- we have a, you know, a bit of a uh, foretelling of, of things to come, you know? Okay. Maybe, maybe some, okay. some good juju for the U.S. team there. I like and, the sound and, of that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Oh, okay. Well, wow. Riv, wow. you've done your research. I like it. Absolutely. I, I've done my homework. Copy that. Well, Riv, great to have you on the show. And rip James, it up. It was an absolute pleasure. I, uh, I hope this is the first of, of many appearances for, for Shirley, the fan's newest favorite guest. Oh, I'm sure. You're the new favorite. You're the new favorite <laughs> uh, uh, regular contributor. So we'll have you back for sure. The people are going to be clamoring for it. Absolutely. I can, I can, I can uh, imagine it already. Sweet. All right, Rev. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, Jim. So River mentioned the some of the people on the World Juniors team. You can find the whole list. It's basically a full roster. Um, on SkiRacing.com, there's an article about the World Junior Championships Alpine team. And there's a competition schedule there as well, as well as on um, FIS.com. The Most of the events are happening before our next episode, which will be March 12th, Thursday, as always. Um, and so we'll recap all of those then and look ahead to the last couple of races. Hopefully we can get a hold of one of the stars of the show over in Norway. Also, the NCAA championships, Alpine and Nordic, are happening next week. And we'll have a chance to talk about that uh, on our next episode as well. So uh, good luck to all of those racers. Just a couple segments left in the show I'm going to read you a word from the sponsor, but then we'll get to Christopher Helmut and a mail reading. So stay tuned. So now a quick word from our other sponsor, the World Pro Ski Tour. If you don't know what it is, it's a nationwide tour of events where pro skiers race head-to-head in elimination format in like a March Madness bracket. A lot of big names, Ted Ligety, Phil Brown, Michael Ankeny, and more. There's three races left in the season. So March 13th, 14th at Waterville Valley, April 4th, 5th at Sunday River, and the World Championships are April 10th through 12th in Taos, New Mexico. You can catch it in person on Facebook Live or at worldproskitour.com. The round of 32 through the finals airs on flowlive.tv. That's F-L-O live.tv. CBS Sports actually shows a highlight show one week after every event. There's a documentary series called Life in Between Gates on Outside TV and more. Also, all your information can be found at worldproskitour.com. All right. So our first segment is devoted to Bryce Bennett. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of comments on this, but it's just um, some audio that was picked up in the Finnish Corral. Take a listen. Oh, Bryce. Anyway, Helmut Verhe is in the studio all the way from Austria. He's sitting right across from me. Helmut, great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Jimmy. So, last week you told us about the outside ski. What do you have for us this week? Well, Jimmy, I want you to go into the woods with, with your skis on, of course. Yeah, of, yeah, of course. And bend the knees and avoid the trees. Easy to remember. Okay, so you just want people to ski in the trees. No, no, no. Bend the knees is very, very important for the technique. And avoid the trees. This is very, very good for for this the technique. Okay? I'll take your word for it. You heard the man. Thank you, Helmet. Thanks you, Jimmy. Next up, we've got Christopher Henriksen, Henrik Christofferson's best friend. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Christopher. Uh, 
Thank you for having me, Jimmy. Uh, Christopher, so you're the closest we can get to Henrik. And uh, we were just wondering uh, how he's feeling now that he's kind of dropped back in the overall title race. Jimmy, uh, last week I didn't think I was going to come back again because you kind of attacked uh, Henrik. Uh, but I decided to look what you do. You attack Henrik again. He's working really hard, and you you just uh, attack him. So I may not come back next week. Christopher, Christopher, please, please. We really want to know more about Henrik, and we'd love to have him on the show if you can. Uh, Jimmy, uh, this really seems like an anti-Henrik podcast, and so I'm not so sure you're ever going to have Henrik on the show. Oh, well, Christopher, if you could just put in a good word for us, that'd be awesome. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Well, Christopher Hendrickson, everybody. Thanks for being on the show. Well, sure. Now, I'm very excited to announce that we have some mail to read. So, this is very exciting because last week we had no mail because it was the first episode. But here we go. David Grassick DMs me on Instagram and says, Hey, man, been listening to Tips and Tales for ages. You just blew it out of the water. Pure class, blah, blah, blah. Quick question. World Cup athletes using non-sponsored equipment, atomic text gears on possibly old marker bindings, and Pintero on Rosy-looking head-branded boots. Be great to hear what you think. Thanks. I love this. He's stirring things up, and it's not with my words. I think that we are going to have to do some deep dives to really find out some information um, about that. Also, I got a message from Mitch Gurley, who actually... I trained with one summer. He offers things for me to look into, uh, to investigate, to maybe smack talk about. Um, quote, maybe how Instagram killed junior development because now all kids go to Sauce all October because that's what the World Cup and cool kids do. How we're all going to survive without fluoros, how teams don't do video together anymore, but we wonder why the team vibes suck. I'm just spitballing here. You tell me what's weird and making you think this year. So another, another uh, comment where it, it makes me um, think that we need to do some investigations, uh, maybe when the season ends. I got a message from my great uncle and my grandfather about the show, and my grandfather is from Eastern Europe, and he said that he needed to tell me how to pronounce all the Eastern European names. So that's huge. That'll be fun. Hopefully we'll have that on the next show. I got a note that we should have more para-alpine coverage, and I completely agree. So in the next episode or two, I'll have someone on the show to talk about para. That's all our mail for the week. Um, remember, it is ski racing this week at gmail.com or on Instagram. DM me at jimmy underscore who underscore. Well, that's the show. Good luck to those racing at World Juniors, at NCAAs, at U12, U14, U16 states, uh, regionals, nationals. I think those are all coming up. And to those who made it this far in the podcast, I salute you. Thank you for listening. Spread the word. This is Ski Racing This Week, Ski Racing Media's official podcast. I'm Jimmy Kripka. See you later. <laughs>